Life is about attaining different goals, including financial ones. Whether it's saving for your first home, first car, your family, or retirement, you need to know how to get there. Welcome to All About Goals with host Tom White. Join Tom and his guest experts who will help you get there faster and the right way. Now, here is Tom White. Hello, and welcome to All About Goals. I'm your host, Tom White. Today, we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies. Uh, The last uh, three, four weeks, we've been talking about uh, investments in general, you know, uh, this being all about goals, we're, we're tying this into building wealth uh, in terms of investing. And even, even though uh, you know, most people are not familiar yet with cryptocurrencies in terms of what it is, uh, I believe that it's going to continue to be a topic uh, moving forward um, as a result of a lot of things that have been going on just, just this year alone. Uh, but uh most everybody, I'm sure, has heard of Bitcoin and 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 the rapid rise of the value in Bitcoin just in 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 the last year. And so I thought this would be a good episode to talk about it. Not that you know, I've got necessarily any uh, uh, views on it uh, about investing, and nor do I have a lot of experience on it. But I think it's important to to have that discussion, make people aware about cryptocurrencies because you're going to hear more about it and the fact that it's getting more mainstream. So, you know, a lot of institutions, uh, a lot of companies are now getting involved in cryptocurrency. Uh, you'll, you'll hear not only Bitcoin, but blockchain and, and other terms like Ethereum. And so we're going to talk about that today. We'll talk about, you know, what some of these terms are, what some of these concepts are, who's kind of bringing it to the mainstream, uh, validating the, the whole space. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some big names in the financial services sector, as well as even on uh, automotive retail side. And then we'll finish off talking about different platforms that you can educate yourself and look, check it out, uh, learn more about it. And if you feel it's something you need to participate in, uh, uh, you know, where you can buy some of these cryptocurrencies. So, you know, I believe it's, it's an ongoing trend and will continue to be. And this is why I decided to dedicate an episode uh, specifically on cryptocurrencies. And so if you're not familiar, cryptocurrencies are essentially, you know, digital currencies. And, you know, the, the most popular of them all is Bitcoin. And, uh, over the last year, Bitcoin has has gone up tremendously uh, to where today it, it's you know value one Bitcoin at around fifty five thousand when it was as low so to speak or uh, uh, valued just a year ago around thirteen thousand. So you can see uh, how much it's it's gone up and even a lot more over the last uh, several years. And the idea to Bitcoin is that it's it's a digital currency and it's part of a system, a network, an infrastructure uh, called blockchain. And Bitcoin is a type of digital asset that requires it to be mined, um, you know, kind of similar to, to uh, you know, 
a hard asset like gold. Um, here, Bitcoin, there, there are only 21 million Bitcoins that were created. And so it's a fixed finite amount. And as of this year, uh, approximately over 18 and a half million have already been mined. So there's still a little over you know, uh, uh, 2 million that needs to be mined. And the mining process uh, involves these supercomputers. It's, it's basically uh, solving you know, a computational puzzle uh, to be able to mine it. It takes roughly about 10 minutes for somebody that knows what they're doing, but you can't do it with just a laptop or, you know, your, your smartphone. It requires very powerful machines. Uh, some of them, uh, you know, costing several hundred thousand dollars. And so, you know, the people that are mining these, I mean, they're, they're fully invested in this. And for every, you know, miner that's able to, so to speak, unlock or, or mine a Bitcoin, you know, they're compensated for that. Uh, and then obviously, you know, if, if, uh, if they own it, then, then uh, you know, the value of it will fluctuate based on you know, whatever uh, uh, Bitcoin's value changes, which unlike stocks uh, and, and other, you know, type of, uh, I guess, investments, uh, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies trade 24-7. There's not, you know, there's not an aftermarket or before market. It continuously trades since it's global, essentially. So, you know, the thing to understand is that Bitcoin is a digital currency and there are m- multiple types of cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is not the only one. And we'll talk about what some of these others are and it's essentially, you know, created as a way to you know, transfer payments from one person to another. And this is where blockchain comes in, in that the whole purpose to blockchain is that there is not a central authority, like a central bank uh, that, you know, that validates or, you know, uh, transactions are processed through. Here for every uh, essentially network within the chain, everyone has a copy of the transaction so that if it's hacked in one area, it doesn't necessarily go down because everybody else in the chain has copy of that transaction to continue to validate these transactions. Whereas if somebody were to hack, say, the central bank, then they've got all the capabilities to create more money or you know, access funds and so on. So that was the initial concept to blockchain and then Bitcoin is one type of digital currency and currently is the most popular. So, you know, why has Bitcoin become so popular in cryptocurrencies? One, because of the capacity of computing, supercomputers, a lot of these uh, uh, functions of mining and also of being able to do transactions all digitally and online, a lot of that capability now exists that didn't, you know, decades ago, particularly, you know, on, for regular individuals uh, versus large corporations. And so you've got millions of people you know, transacting uh, this way. The other is that, you know, with the, the rise of, of the, the U.S. deficit, uh, 
a lot of stimulus uh, created that adds to the national debt. You know, some people say that that's that could be a long-term trend towards the U.S. dollar being devalued, uh, and so you know, other people are looking at other ways to be able to make payments. Uh, transfer money and assets in other types of currencies than you know, digital currency is certainly one that, you know, no economy, not one economy, not one government or country has, you know, central authority for it. So it's very much the concept of decentralizing, uh, making it somewhat of a level playing field. Now, as a result of that, you know, obviously it's open to a lot of uh, different things that can happen uh, to it. And so this is why I think it's important for you know, regular investors to get a better understanding of what it is. And because it's so easy to open an account and put money in, uh, you know, people need to kind of have their basics of where w- could this fit into my overall portfolio or, you know, building wealth if it does at all. And so I'll share a little bit of my thoughts on that. Um, but with regards to the types of cryptocurrencies, like I said, Bitcoin is, is, is one type and, you know, this, this, uh, uh, Bitcoin was, you know, kind of conceived or created, you know, as far back as 2009, uh, as a, you know, peer to peer type of, of way to, to transfer money, make instant payments. And, uh, legend has it that, uh, this one individual by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto uh, was the one that created it. Although most people believe that that name is not the real name. It's a pseudo uh, name uh, to disguise who the real person was that, that initially created this. And this person is said to have about a million uh, uh, of the 21 million Bitcoins uh, ultimately that, that you know, will exist. And when it, and this is the reason why Bitcoin is the most popular because one of the first ones and also, uh, you know, it's the idea of being able to make payments uh, and transfer money from one to another. Now, there are others such as Ethereum uh, is another uh, type of, of currency, digital currency. And each type kind of has their pros and cons for different types of transactions. Uh, some uh, type of cryptos like Litecoin, for example, are better for purchasing rather than just transferring of money from one uh, individual to another. Uh, Ethereum, on the other hand, uh, you know, unlike blockchain that has a fixed amount, like 21 million uh, uh, Bitcoins rather, Ethereum is unlimited in, in that sense. And so there, there are you know, uh, limitations to some degree with regards to Bitcoin. And, and you know, the big question is once every single Bitcoin has been mined, then what? What happens? Uh, here, obviously, with more still able to be mined, there's, you know, there's a business in, in people continuing to mine it and getting compensated for it. Uh, but once that stopped, then what? And so, you know, that'll probably be uh, an interesting transition where others then may be looking, uh, you know, for different types of, of cryptocurrencies. 
but also being limited, you know, kind of like diamonds or, or gold to a certain degree, you know, it, it has then the potential for that value to go up because there's, you know, there's only a finite amount. Uh, so, it's, it's important to know all the different types because there are dozens out there and I'm just, you know, touching on a few. But the real interesting kind of you know, type of digital asset uh, of late are what's called NFTs or non-fungible tokens. And just in the last month, if not even the last couple of weeks, we've seen some, you know, kind of mind-boggling uh, transactions where you know, non-fungible tokens, NFTs, are essentially digi- digital certificates, and they're used to you know, validate or confirm that a, a specific person owns this specific asset. And the asset could be something like you know, a video clip or you know, a digital art. Um, and in fact, uh, there were three pairs of sneakers, uh, you know, digital sneakers in this case. Now, they'll eventually be created uh, as, as a real, but the design of them is digital that sold for three, five, and $10,000 each you know, for essentially a pair of sneakers that's just digital for now. And then the, the real uh, news grabbing event was that somebody you know, uh, paid $69 million for a, a digital painting and was facilitated even by, you know, Christie's, the auction house. And this is being digital. Obviously, this is an online auction. So somebody paying $69 million for a digital piece of art, uh, you know, is at this point a record. And so you're seeing all of these activities, all of these transactions happening. And it's kind of hard to ignore because, it's real money that people are putting into these, you know, uh, using tangible dollars in this case to purchase and transact, you know, digital transactions and, and assets. And, you know, it's one thing if a person, uh, you know, were willing to pay 69 million, if, if especially if that's, you know, just a small percentage of their overall net worth and, and assets, but now you've got, you know, the, the National Basketball Association, the NBA now, looking into NFTs. Uh, and so now you've got, you know, uh, a league, a professional league getting into that space. And that's certainly, you know, hard to ignore. It's not just one person with a lot of money can do whatever they want with it. Now you've got a whole league. And, you know, I'll refer you to one particular resource uh, that, you know, keeps up with all of these transactions and kind of news. And, and uh, it's a site called Coindesk. Uh, I found them to be, you know, fairly uh, uh, up to speed on, you know, everything going on, even as, uh, you know, as recent as news today uh, of Morgan Stanley announcing that they're going to let their wealthy clients access Bitcoin funds. And that just came out uh, in the last uh, few hours. Now, obviously, there are specific 
criteria and guidelines if you're a Morgan Stanley client as to whether you can or not. And they made it clear that, you know, there are three types of kind of funds that they're going to let their wealthy clients access. So, you know, uh, they're very direct about where their, their clients can participate. Second, it's clients that not only have at least $2 million in assets with a firm, and so certainly, you know, high net worth, but have an, an aggressive risk tolerance. So, you know, it's, it's very um, uh, specific as to who in their client base, which, you know, tells us uh, a little bit that, yeah, this isn't for everybody, but also the fact that they're even opening it up for their clients to do it through them versus anybody can open up an account, you know, uh, uh, out on, on, you know, on the web uh, for any uh, company involved with cryptocurrencies. And so now we're seeing institutional validation. And that is to me, you know, one of the big steps in, you know, the evolution of this space. It's one thing, you know, for, for people to just transfer money from one to another or somebody willing to spend their money in, you know, in a particular type of purchase. It's another thing now for companies uh, to be involved in this space. And when we, you know, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what institutions who uh, are getting into this space and validating, you know, the cryptocurrencies and blockchain, the whole network um, that's really raising, you know, uh, some, some big news. And also, you know, where would, once again, cryptocurrencies fit into my portfolio and, and into my overall, you know, wealth building investing strategy. So, we'll, we'll discuss that in, in the next segment. You're listening to All About Goals in this episode on All About Cryptocurrencies. We'll be right back. Don't think you're an investor. We make investments morning, noon, Wait, what time is it exactly? Do we make short-term investments? Long-term investments? Do we diversify our interests? Realize our gains and losses? And try to keep the big picture in mind? You don't need to become an investor. You were born one. Robin Hood. It's just a quarter, right? But what if Acorns automatically saved that quarter every time you bought coffee for a month? What about a year? 10 years? And what about the change from food, movies, parking, gas? What about the change from everything you buy? And what if Acorns invested it all in the market where it can grow through the power of compound returns? What if you didn't have to change your life to change your life? Go to acorns.com slash TV to get $10. Introducing Schwab Stock Slices. For as little as $5, now anyone can own companies in the S&P 500, even if their shares cost more. At $5 a slice, you could own 10 companies for $50 instead of paying thousands. All commission-free online. Schwab Stock Slices, an easy way to start investing or to give the gift of stock ownership. Schwab, own your tomorrow. Hi, Mr. Wonderful here. I believe that startup investing is key to building wealth, but it's hard for everyday people to find access to these deals. Well, I've got good news. 
On Start Engine, you can discover hundreds of startups raising capital and begin building your portfolio today. For as little as $100, you can own a piece of the next great business. It's your turn to become a shark. Join me at StartEngine.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to All About Goals with Tom White. We'd love to hear from you and help you reach your goal. Call into the program today at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to success at allaboutgoals.live. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back to All About Goals. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm your host, Tom White. If you're just joining us, this episode is all about cryptocurrencies. In the last segment, we talked about kind of what cryptocurrencies are, being you know, a digital currency. Uh, most everybody's heard of Bitcoin, which is one type, and right now the most popular type of cryptocurrency. And we also talked about blockchain, kind of the, you know, the, the, the infrastructure, the network uh, that that supports uh, these these type of digital uh, transactions. And we got into talking about latest uh, uh, news and events uh, related to the cryptocurrency space, particularly NFTs or non-fungible uh, tokens uh, as a digital certificate verifying, you know, a person owning a specific type of digital asset and how, even uh, uh, the NBA now is getting into that, uh, uh, particularly with regards to you know, creating digital assets out of video clips, like you know, a, a, a dunk segment or something of a game uh, and, and selling those. And so it's one thing for you know, individuals to use uh, uh, cryptocurrencies to transfer money from one to another um, uh, or also you know the the big news as well uh, in the last month of somebody paying 69 million dollars uh, for you know uh, a digital painting uh, which was facilitated by by Christie's the the auction house so you're seeing a lot of things happening validating this space and making it more mainstream and so you know in this second segment, we're going to talk about uh, different institutions that are participating in this and making it more and more um, acceptable as a form of payment. Uh, so, you know, one of the first ones to come out is is uh, Tesla uh, to say that they're going to start accepting Bitcoin uh, as a form of payment when when you're buying a, a Tesla car, but also. It's one thing uh, for them to to use it from a transaction basis. Uh, it's another thing in that they announced that they're also allocating you know one and a half billion of their nineteen billion in cash in their balance sheets into Bitcoin. You know, that's a seven percent allocation of their cash, and you know one and a half billion is huge. And so you know, that's really getting other companies then, you know into the fold to say, you know, if Tesla's willing to, to do this, there may be something into this, you know, uh, they're creating uh, a legitimate market around it. And so, 
you know, as I mentioned before the break that just today, uh, earlier this morning, Morgan Stanley, one of the largest uh, brokerage firms in the country, announced that they're going to uh, offer their wealthiest clients access to Bitcoin funds, obviously with specific criteria as to, you know, to uh, qualify them to say that, yes, you know, uh, these, are the, these are the clients that we think it's most appropriate for ones with over 2 million in assets with a firm, uh, the ones also with an aggressive risk tolerance. Um, and so that, you know, for, for everybody else, gives it uh, an understanding of you know, if cryptocurrencies is something that, you know, I want to participate in or allocate, you know, a portion of my portfolio. Now we've got examples out in marketplace of what that looks like. The fact that Tesla is allocating 7%, less than 10% uh, of their cash in, in Bitcoin, you know, does that tell us that you know, just a regular investor, um, you know, who can open up a, an account with any of a dozen companies that you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies, you know, now uh, should you consider maybe 5% uh, uh, in cryptocurrencies? I don't know. That's that's definitely something uh, that a lot of people are going to start asking, and certainly you know, for those that you know are not with Morgan Stanley or uh, are, are other institutions who haven't yet opened it up, you know, if you have two million in assets or net, that uh, level of net worth and and also aggressive risk tolerance, well. Now, should you or, uh, go and open up an account elsewhere to participate in it? So, we're starting to see some examples uh, where other people now can kind of translate what's happening in, in some firms to their own personal situation. Now, other than Tesla and Morgan Stanley um, uh, that I just mentioned, you know, PayPal, uh, now not only are you able to buy and sell cryptocurrencies, you know, Bitcoin and, and uh, Ethereum through PayPal, but they just announced uh, last month that they're going to buy uh, Curve, a cloud-based wallet. Uh, and I think the price starting at two, over $200 million. So here's PayPal, you know, a well-established you know, fintech company that's going to spend over $200 million to purchase a company that's in that space and dedicated to that space. So, once again, that's validation. And the fact that PayPal has opened up their platform where, you know, any PayPal user is able to buy and sell cryptocurrencies, you know, it makes sense that, you know, they're investing in, in, in infrastructure for a cloud-based wallet for their users uh, to essentially uh, house these uh, cryptocurrencies. So we're seeing a lot of activity and I anticipate we're gonna see a lot more, uh, uh, especially this, this coming year. And what's so interesting as well is that, you know, um, for those of you who you know, uh, probably are already starting, if not, just this past weekend have gotten uh, the stimulus uh, money, the 1400, you know, per person um, that 
CNBC did a study this week asking what people are going to do with the 1400 that they receive. And 10% of that money, people are saying, is going to go into investing. And out of that, 60% is going to go into, into cryptocurrencies. And I thought that, you know, that's saying a lot um, uh, that, you know, people are even using the stimulus money to participate now in this, you know, movement in a sense. So it's getting more and more common. But still the question is, how should you invest or what are the, you know, what are the avenues to invest in other than directly in these cryptocurrencies? Because, you know, from my perspective, it's, to me, it's still difficult as a investor and even a, you know, former professional investor to value and figure out, you know, what are these worth? You know, uh, it's not, it's not necessarily that there are assets behind it. Sure, there's, there's you know, Bitcoin mined behind the, the value of Bitcoin, but it's, I don't know that there's necessarily a specific uh, method of valuating and calculating, you know, what the current versus future value of Bitcoin or, or the cryptocurrencies. And so, one thought is, especially when you have a, you know, um, a specific industry or space that's just starting off and really taking off as well, is to look at it from the standpoint of kind of like the, the, the gold rush. You know, when uh, in, in, in the 1840s, uh, when, you know, people were flocking to the West and, and uh, you know, trying to, to, you know, get their share of the gold rush, the people, most of the people that made the money weren't the ones that discovered the gold. It's those that essentially got into the business of supplying the people that were, you know, mining the gold. You know, those that were selling them the shovels, the pickaxes, I mean, the jeans even. That's kind of how Levi Strauss started. Uh, and so, there's something to be said about potentially investing in the infrastructure of this space rather than specifically in the cryptocurrency itself. And I'll give you several examples of companies in this uh, that you, know, you can kind of check out and, and expand your, your knowledge and, and research this way as well. You know, some of them are already public, and so you know, anybody can buy them uh, you know, in, in NASDAQ or even New York Stock Exchange, and then some are private that as part of, of this uh, you know, ground swelling this year have announced that they plan on going public here in 2021, even as some as recent as potentially later this month or, or next month. So one of the public companies, one of the first companies to go public and list on the NASDAQ uh, is a crypto mining company called Marathon Digital Holdings. And they specifically mine Bitcoin. And the thing about mining Bitcoin, like I said earlier, is that you know, it requires a lot of not only you know, supercomputing capacity, but also energy. These, these computers require a lot of energy. And so Marathon has essentially built a data center in Montana, in the middle of nowhere, for the most part, 
for the reason that electricity is cheap there. They're paying cents on the dollar uh, uh, compared to if they were, you know, in some uh, metropolitan uh, uh, city. And, you know, they house these supercomputers there that basically do the calculations and mine Bitcoin. And each of these uh, supercomputers, you know, costs, like I said, several hundred thousand. So they're, they've got assets that they're using for purpose of, you know, creating these digital currencies. Now, this is uh, uh, one of the few that's already public. There are several, but it shows that, I mean, uh, Marathon just, uh, uh, you know, in the last uh, quarter, I think, you know, generate over, you know, 2 million in, in, in uh, uh, net revenues. And so they're making money in terms of revenues. Now, profitability, that's a different story, especially uh, since they're still a pretty young company. But there's a much larger company uh, that's currently private that just announced a few weeks ago that they're planning on having an initial public offering going public, and that's Coinbase. And this is a company that basically uh, does the transactions. You can open up a Coinbase account and you know invest directly in the cryptocurrencies. And they've got over 40 million users. And so they're looking to go public at a valuation around $8 billion, And they already have net revenues of almost $4 billion. So, you know, once again, they're generating real money and showing how, you know, they're, they're facilitating a lot of the, you know, the transactions, the business involved in here. And so, you know, one way of getting involved in this and participating other than directly in the cryptocurrencies themselves are through the companies that are providing the infrastructure, the capacity, the capabilities for, you know, companies and individuals to, you know, to be a part of, of this, you know, uh, essentially ecosystem uh, uh, of digital currencies. And you know, you've got another company called Circle that, once again, also facilitates payments. And even a company, uh, uh, now that these are assets and not just uh, you know, transactions, a company like Anchorage is in the business of providing governance, custodying these assets for institutions, not just individuals. And so you're seeing companies that are you know, starting to get really niche in how they're looking at the space to the extent that you've got a company called Unslashed, which is an insurance company that is essentially covering, covering risk in related to cryptocurrency transactions, custodying, and so on. So you're seeing a lot of different types of companies and businesses finding their own you know, space within, which tells me that you know, this industry is definitely growing and you're going to have more competition in these areas driving you know more innovation efficiencies in pricing uh ex- expansion of different types of services but also uh from the standpoint of validating more and more you know uh the the, the whole ecosystem of cryptocurrencies and so it's not just individuals w- willing to spend their money 
uh, in a cryptocurrency or transferring you know, money from one person to another, a whole industry is now you know, growing and evolving. And we're going to see this be more and more prominent uh, to where even traditional financial services institutions, banks, uh, brokerages, just like Morgan Stanley today announcing, uh, getting involved. A lot of them are involved, but it's behind the scenes. Uh, they're not making it public yet. A lot of it is, you know, hedging their own risk, their own reputation if something, you know, uh, doesn't pan out. Because in early stage like this, there are going to be a lot of players, but not necessarily a lot of winners just yet. Uh, so there are going to be, you know, those that, that don't come out of this uh, successfully. But, you know, once again, like I've said in the past, investing is a cumulative discipline. You, you learn one thing, whether that outcome is good or not, you will learn from it and apply that lesson to the next. So this being a, a young industry, whether you participate or not, the fact that you're you know, educating yourself, you're researching, you're learning, and at whatever point you do participate, you know, that's going to be valuable uh, experience and, and lessons for the next time, especially you know, as this becomes more mainstream, uh, more uh, you know, easily accessible. Not that it, it isn't right now, it really is. Uh, uh, you know, Robin Hood, uh, one of the largest online brokerage companies uh, is, is already letting their own users and investors you know, purchase cryptocurrencies, just like PayPal. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if uh, at some point, you know, if, if you're a customer of say, you know, JP Morgan Chase or Bank of America, where just like you would open a savings account, you'd be able to, you know, open up a, a digital wallet through them and, you know, house or buy a uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, I think that's, uh, that, that day is coming. Uh, so, you know, where it fits into your portfolio, certainly, you know, a small percentage. Uh, if that's something that, you know, you feel you have uh, the, you know, the capacity uh, for, for volatility, uh, for the, for that type of risk, um, knowing that we already have examples of company like Tesla keeping one, you know, one and a half billion seven percent of their cash in cryptocurrency, something like uh, Morgan Stanley allowing you know their wealthier clients uh, to to invest in it uh, through them now. So we're seeing these uh, these specific examples. So, in our last segment today, we're going to talk about, you know, these uh, specific platforms. Uh, I'll mention about how you can invest through the infrastructure of uh, this, this uh, burgeoning industry. But now, you know, just so that you're also aware that you can invest directly and what, you know, what companies can you do that? I already mentioned PayPal. Uh, so, there, there are several others as well. Uh, because the more you you look at others, you can also compare uh, what you know what they're offering. Like for example, in PayPal, you can you can invest as little as you know fifty dollars uh, in Bitcoin. Where so it's they're fractional shares, even though Bitcoin is trading for roughly fifty five thousand a share. Whereas in Robinhood, you, you can't. 
you know, uh, for you to buy one share of Bitcoin, you have to have 55,000. So different platforms will have different capabilities and it's important to know that uh, so that you can kind of compare. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that uh, in our next segment. You're listening to All About Goals and this episode and All About Cryptocurrencies. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't think you're an investor. We make investments morning, noon, and wait, what time is it exactly? Do we make short-term investments? Long-term investments? We diversify our interests, realize our gains and losses, and try to keep the big picture in mind. You don't need to become an investor. You were born one. Robin Hood. It's just a quarter, right? But what if Acorns automatically saved that quarter every time you bought coffee for a month? What about a year? Ten years? And what about the change from food, movies, parking, gas? What about the change from everything you buy? And what if Acorns invested it all in the market where it can grow through the power of compound returns? What if you didn't have to change your life to change your life? Go to acorns.com TV to get $10. Introducing Schwab Stock Slices. For as little as $5, now anyone can own companies in the S&P 500, even if their shares cost more. At $5 a slice, you could own 10 companies for $50 instead of paying thousands. All commission-free online. Schwab Stock Slices, an easy way to start investing or to give the gift of stock ownership. Schwab, own your tomorrow. Hi, Mr. Wonderful here. I believe that startup investing is key to building wealth, but it's hard for everyday people to find access to these deals. Well, I've got good news. On StartEngine, you can discover hundreds of startups raising capital and begin building your portfolio today. For as little as $100, you can own a piece of the next great business. It's your turn to become a shark. Join me at StartEngine.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to All About Goals with Tom White. We'd love to hear from you and help you reach your goal. Call into the program today at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to success at allaboutgoals.live. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Uh, this episode is all about cryptocurrencies. I'm your host, Tom White. Thank you for listening to our show. Uh, in our last segment, we'll talk about the different platforms uh, you could uh, uh, potentially you know, uh, use or, or invest through. Uh, and, and if you're thinking about uh, investing directly in cryptocurrencies. Um, in our last two segments, talked about you know, what uh, uh, this is all about with regards to cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and blockchain. Uh, and in the last segment, we talked about specific companies that are really providing validation in the marketplace for you know, this space, uh, from Tesla allocating 7% of their cash in Bitcoin over a, you know, 
a billion dollars worth. So not just, you know, small amount. Uh, Morgan Stanley letting their wealthier clients invest now through them, uh, them being a fiduciary, being a, you know, custodying uh, institution uh, to let, let their clients uh, invest in Bitcoin. And PayPal, you know, uh, essentially buying uh, a cloud-based wallet uh, firm for over $200 million. So we're seeing a lot of uh, activity uh, in the space, and it's telling us that you know, there, there's more to come. Uh, and from the standpoint of you know, how to potentially invest in it, other than directly into a specific cryptocurrency, I talked about potentially investing in companies that are creating the infrastructure for this you know, industry. You know, companies that, that are already public, like Marathon, where you know, they're actually mining cryptocurrencies uh, and generating revenue from that. And also, you know, private companies that are about to go public, like Coinbase, that is essentially the leading Bitcoin exchange with over 40 million users and you know, generated close to $4 billion in the last year. So, real money, real revenues. And you know, another one uh, that just announced, uh, I believe yesterday, is eToro. Uh, and so eToro is one of the platforms that you can you know, open an account and invest directly. In fact, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's valued right now uh, a little over $10 billion. And uh, it's going to be one of the two main, in my mind this year, uh, main IPOs in this space. So, you know, if you're looking to invest directly in cryptocurrencies, a couple of things to keep in mind. One is that, like I mentioned earlier, cryptocurrencies trade 24 hours, seven days a week. You know, it doesn't stop because it's global for one, but also because it's not tied to a, to a stock exchange. And so you need to be aware that, you know, not only is it volatile, but it's always volatile. And when you invest in a particular cryptocurrency, you, you need to have a better understanding of, of how one particular cryptocurrency differs from another from the standpoint of, for example, Bitcoin, having a finite amount of Bitcoins. We talked about how there's 21 million uh, Bitcoins, but only about 18 and a half million have been mined. So there's still a little over 2 million that's going to be mined. But once every single Bitcoin is mined, that changes a little bit of how Bitcoin, you know, will be valued because, it's, uh, it's going to be a finite amount versus something like Ethereum where there's, there's not uh, a fixed amount. And so the trading uh, behavior of each of these type of cryptocurrencies is going to be different. As well as in terms of what each cryptocurrency was initially created for the purpose of. You know, something like Litecoin uh, was created for purposes more of transaction payments, you know, because it's a much more efficient and, and uh, speedier way 
to transact versus Bitcoin that needs to be validated uh, within the blockchain. So, you know, it takes a while. Um, so some have more security than others from the standpoint of, of uh, being used as, as a transaction type of currency and others more from as an asset uh, type, type of, of currency to, to hold. Uh, and so you need to know some of the characteristics and there are dozens out there, but you know we'll start with PayPal uh, since I mentioned that earlier. So you can use PayPal to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. You know, they only have a handful of uh, cryptocurrencies that you can buy and sell within uh, PayPal, and obviously, you know, a lot of them, if not all of them, will have Bitcoin being the fact that you know that that's the the most popular and also right now kind of the most valuable uh, from a you know, per crypto per share uh, perspective. Um, Ethereum is another that's, you know, pretty common. You'll see that. Uh, and, you know, you can, you can invest in that in, in PayPal and then Litecoin as well. Uh, and I mentioned that with PayPal, Regardless of what the price per share is of these currencies, you can buy them in, you know, in fractional shares as little as $50. Uh, whereas something like Robinhood, at least, you know, from my, from my experience, um, you know, you may have to actually buy it in actual shares and something like Bitcoin that's worth 55 thousand per share, you know, limits uh, most people's ability to buy, you know, blocks of shares. Uh, so you need to know that as you're looking at different types of platforms. Uh, Coinbase is one of the more popular ones. And uh, as I said, it's a company that's about to go public, but, you know, uh, they, on the other hand, have a much larger universe of cryptocurrencies that you can buy and sell. If not one of the you know, one of the the, the widest uh, uh, of of the different platforms, um, and and I think you're seeing that with the fact that they've got over 40 million uh, users in their platform uh, you know, participating. And then uh, there are some that are just apps for the most part. Uh, so that's important to know as well that you know some of these are just apps, and you can only you know use them on, on your phone, uh, not necessarily on a desktop or laptop. Uh, you know, a company like uh, Snowball is, is one that's primarily just an app. And, um, you know, eToro is another one that you can buy and sell uh, cryptocurrencies. And they, they even have some of the less known uh, ones in uh, there like Tron. Um, uh, or NEO and, you know, keep in mind that because cryptocurrencies is global, you know, these aren't all uh, U.S. based in terms of how they were created or where, you know, they, uh, they were derived from. So just as you would have to kind of research a particular company or stock, you'd have to do the same thing uh, with each type of cryptocurrency because not all cryptocurrencies are alike. So, you know, these are kind of the general basic you know, knowledge that you need to have before going into it. And, you know, 
I, I encourage you to spend some time, uh, you know, learning about these before you know, putting a single dollar in, uh, you know, and the reason why I dedicated this episode is because you're going to hear more and more. And the more you hear about it, especially as larger, well-known companies get into the space and, and uh, publicly even, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to want to know more. And, and it's always good to build up that knowledge base, especially if something that's new, something that's growing uh, before you, you know, put any capital at risk. Uh, but, I believe that this is this is here to stay, whether in the form that it is, and chances are not. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, there are going to be winners and losers in this, as well as potentially consolidation, and so there's going to be more activity. Uh, but you know, particularly for the younger generation, if you're a Gen Z and millennial, you know, this is going to be more and more part of your life. Uh, you know, rare uh, do people now, particularly in the younger generations, carry cash around, you know, uh, in their wallet. So, you know, the, the concept of a wallet is very much turning into a digital wallet where, you know, people are sending money and paying things, uh, you know, whether through Venmo, whether through the cash app, whether through PayPal. Um, so, you know, having the knowledge here in this space, I think, is going to benefit you as an investor, as somebody that wants to build wealth over time. It's not going to happen right away. And, and yeah, there are going to be missteps. Uh, but, you know, you learn from, from your experience. And I hope uh, this has been helpful, at least having this discussion today, bringing up this topic, uh, you know, to eventually, uh, you know, help you in, in investing, uh, you know, for building wealth. I thank you for joining me today uh, on this episode about cryptocurrencies. Until our next episode next Wednesday at the same time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Show. Keep achieving. Thank you for tuning in for this week's edition of All About Goals. Please join Tom White and another guest next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you achieve your financial goals one program at a time.